As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Everyone, welcome to the latest Flyers Talk podcast brought to you by the Philadelphia Tri-State Cadillac Dealers. The Flyers season, of course, is over and the offseason is underway, although it won't probably truly heat up until October. But still plenty of hockey to talk about. And I am absolutely thrilled to be joined by Brooke Destra. Brooke Destra, how are you doing? Jordan Hall, um, another day, another day to talk about some hockey. So feeling great. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, doing well. And uh, Brooke, we heard from head coach Elaine Vigneault today on Monday, uh, kind of his end of the season address. Um, he got to kind of, um, I think, digest everything. You know, after that game seven loss to the Islanders in the second round, he understandably so was not really ready to talk big picture season, all of that fun stuff. But today he got into that a little bit more. And Brooke, I thought an overall theme was um, he's very determined to get the best and get more out of his veterans in 2020-21. And he believes guys like Claude Giroux, Jacob Voracek, James Van Riems, like guys that are in their 30s but still productive, uh, not exactly declining or anything, but they, you know, maybe they're at a, a bit of a crossroads in their careers. Uh, they're very important players. And if the Flyers want to take the next step, those guys, of course, will have to get better with age. And Elaine Vigneault sounded like he was very confident he knows what it takes to get those guys to evolve with age. Brooke, having said that, how important will next season be? Every year is important, but in terms of where the Flyers are with their youth and then obviously with their vets, just how important will next season be in terms of just getting the best out of those guys? I think that as much as we want to say that the youth is growing up and it's great that they're having more experience. There's definitely a small window of time in the upcoming seasons where the youth is going to be at their peak. And so is the veteran core. And that's not knocking some of the older players like Drew Voracek, JVR for saying, Oh, they're getting old. Their, their career is dwindling. That's not the case at all. But as a player gets older, it just, it just happens, you know, it, you start to deteriorate, deteriorate your body kind of starts to adjust um, because not everybody is built like to be a professional athlete for more than, you know, 10, 15 years of their life. Um, but I was really impressed with Vigneault and him noting that it is going to be something that he's going to focus on because he still thinks and knows that, he's going to get the best out of those players for next season. And after the production that they had this year, obviously this wasn't a career year for Claude Giroux by any means, but that was because he also had people surrounding him 
for the first time in a while where he did not have to carry the team on his back. So he helped in different aspects, which I think was great. So moving forward, you can only really hope that that's just going to continue progressing. But do you have any concern moving forward? I mean, obviously it's valid to ask. Brooke, I agree. I think what you mentioned is incredibly valid that the window opportunity is certainly there for the Flyers, but it's not like it's going to be open for six, seven years. Um, this is not a group made up of nothing but young kids who are going to get older um, and uh, better each year. Uh, there is definitely a dynamic of some veteran cores who have been here and, you know, are still in some good years, but uh, these kids need to meet them and, uh, the, and these vets need to be productive enough to, uh, get the best out of each year because, yes, uh, father time eventually catches up to you. Vigneault mentioned that today. Uh, but I think, Brooke, they have the right coach in place to get the best out of them, to help them evolve with age. Um, James Van Reems, like said it to us earlier in this past season, that he really liked the progressive nature of Vigneault and his practices. They were science-based. They were very calculated. And Van Reems, like before the pause, as they were in their stretch run, said – this is the best he felt physically in a lot of years. And I thought that said a lot about Vigneault and how he understands his players, both young and old, how to get them to have um, – how to sustain them throughout a season and make sure they're peaking as the season, as, as the season wears on as the games get bigger. Um, that was kind of thrown into a loop this year with the pause and the stoppage and – this was new to everyone once the this, this season returned. But I think giving Yo a full season, a full normal season, cross our fingers with no stoppages, no pauses. Um, it will be different in 2021. But give him a full season with these vets. I think he'll know how to get the best out of them and really help them again. What he said, evolve with age. But time is certainly ticking. Claude Giroux will turn 33 in January um, of next season. Uh, James Van Riemsdyk and Jacob Borchek turned 31 both uh, this summer. These guys are certainly getting older. Matt Niskanen obviously is one of the oldest players on the team. He'll be in the final year of his contract next year. Uh, this is a core that um, may not have a ton of years left together, and they really need to capitalize on it as these young kids get better because it sounds, Brooke, it sounds like they believe they have what's in place. They don't really need to go out, shake things up too much, make a loud trade. Do you think the Flyers should do that? Or do you like what they have in place and that they may be just, you know, a few more young kids taking the next step and, and kind of having it all come together? Yeah, I mean, right off the bat, I don't really think anybody expected them. And I, I mentioned this last week on the podcast too. I didn't expect Vigneault to take the dumpster fire Flyers that were last season and take them all the way to win the Stanley Cup just with a year later. So... I do think that it is, it is a big puzzle, but by no means is it time to blow up the core, um, change up huge names on the roster. That's just, honestly, first of all, it's unrealistic mm -hmm. because of the well-knit atmosphere that this team currently has. Um, Chuck Fletcher even mentioned it last week too. He thinks we have a great group of guys in Philly and you can just tell the the chemistry between most of the guys, especially the core players who have been around for a very significant amount of time, they know what this team is striving toward and evolving to. And Voracek even mentioned before that this is 
he feels like one of the best teams he's ever been a part of. And it's only going to continue to grow. So you look back at this season, and again, we spoke about this as well, so I won't touch on it as much, but they did so much to turn this team around within this past season. And obviously it might have been different if they did not have the pause back in March, but I don't think they go out in free agency and do anything crazy. They have what they need. And that's why they spent so much time drafting over the past few years, because now they know there's only a few core pieces and like little adjustments through the prospects, through the bottom six, through defensemen that really need to be altered to get them to a high-end competitive team. So in that regard, I, I don't know. There might be a few minor moves, but nothing significant by any means. So, I agree. And I think the Flyers have reason to believe that they don't have to do that. Um, I, I think Chuck Fletcher is going to use all the sense in the world. that, um, And when they really dive into things and study what went wrong and what they need, um, they're going to circle some things and realize it's, it's not much. Um, not much needs to be done. They have a good thing in place. Now just build on it. Um, even if you look at some of the core guys, uh, Jacob Vorchek had a really good season. Um, he was a career best in the plus minus department, was one of their, to- was their top assist guy, uh, really turned it on with Sean Couturier down the stretch. James Van Riemsdyk, uh, his last full season was 2017-18, and he had 36 goals. He had a career best 36 goals just two years ago when he actually played a full season. Uh, last year, obviously, he was injured and only played 66 games, still led the team in goals with 27. And then this year, obviously, with the stoppage and kind of being up and down in the lineup, he had 40 points in 66 games. And then Claude Drew was a very productive player. 20-plus goals. He would have had around 60-plus points if the season finished in full. Um, it's not like those guys are having this stark decline where you're truly wondering, like, gosh, are they totally done? Do we need to get rid of them now? No. Um, you just need those young kids to take the next step, take more steps, and help these players, again, evolve with age. And I think Vigneault is a good guy to have. Um, maybe they'll help kind of uh, tweak their, tra- their training regimens in the offseason. I remember Ron Hextall before Claude Drew's breakout year uh, in 2017-18 when he had 100-plus points. Ron Hextall, the former GM, uh, before that year when Drew had a real troubling season with 50-some points, he mentioned how Claude Drew trains incredibly hard. He, like, emphasized how ridiculously hard this guy trains and how maybe they could help him focus on longevity a little bit more than just going full pedal to the metal. So maybe they help Drew train a little bit differently in the offseason, help these guys continue to get better with age um, and be durable and know how to be consistent game in and game out. So I think they have the right people in place to help them do that. And I think there's merit to them not wanting to just totally blow things up. Visit your Philadelphia area Cadillac dealer today and experience the ultimate in iconic luxury. These young kids, Brooke, will have to take the next step. They're not only the young kids that took big steps this year, they're going to have to take bigger steps, but they're going to need some of their other players that maybe got a cup of coffee with this team, you know, all of a sudden turn that into an actual season. Brooke, one of those players, Morgan Frost, a young, talented center, first-round pick, has all the tools in the repertoire for him to be an exciting player and to make his mark. Got a cup of coffee with the team this year. Uh, did not appear in the playoffs, of course. It was kind of more of the, one of those black aces, but only 21 years old, playmaking center, a lot of excitement around him. 
Elaine Vigneault talked about him today. He said, ton of potential, but he needs to put it all together. What did you make of those comments? And do you think Frost can kind of start to put it all together next season? Yeah, I mean, expectations were really high for Frost, especially once he made the move from the OHL to the AHL because of the insane amount of success that he had in that league. He dominated. Mm -hmm. And you don't really see a talent like that that often. And you just have so much hope, especially when you're really invested into prospects to see, okay, if he does get everything firing away, like Vigneault said he wants to see from him, then you just, you're going to have an explosive kind of player, one of a kind on your roster. And that's exactly what you want. It's an element of surprise, especially being so young, but when he was with the Phantoms, he did have a lot of success. You know, he ended the, this um, season second in goals for them, just behind Greg Carey. And you saw glimpses of what you wanted to happen. He has speed. He has skill. His puck handling is unworldly. If you look, I mean, you've seen his shootout attempts from the previous uh, seasons. It's, you just have so much excitement watching a player like him. So, yeah, if he can get things going, hopefully fast. You don't, you don't really know how long this offseason is going to be. So he might come into training camp and blow everyone out of the waters and make the roster on the first game. But if not, you know he's the kind of player that is going to go to Lehigh Valley and work and work and work to be that first call when it is time to make an adjustment, shake things up, or due to injury. So, I mean, did you kind of see the same things? I know that there was a lot of mixed reviews with Frost this year because there was a lot of stallment when he was with the Flyers. Brooke, um, perfect points. Like, there's still a ton of excitement around Morgan Frost, and there should be. Um, We saw what he did in that quick, uh, his first two games in the NHL. Uh, it kind of gave them a jolt, and you saw that playmaking on display. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to correct myself real quick as well. James Van Riemsdyk was second on the team last year with 27 goals. Sean Gattori led the team with 33. But I knew that, but I wasn't yeah. going to call you out. <laughs> Next time, call me out, Brooke. Call me out. Okay, noted. Yes. Yell at me. Um, <laughs> oh, no, back to Morgan Frost. Yes, 100%. And – I think what Vigneault is saying there about putting it all together is really becoming a 200-foot complete player. That's what the Flyers love, and that's what Vigneault loves. He loves those players that aren't going to be just a player that can thrive in the offensive zone, but then he's, um, he's a liability in the defensive zone or he's a liability in the neutral zone. He wants those complete players, players that can do – not they don't have to be Sean Couturier's and be selfie trophies and be these dominant players uh, in all three zones, but – they need to be complete and they need to um, not be liabilities in certain areas. And Morgan Frost, I think, is getting there, but he's still a kid. He's not as big yet. And there are times where his decision-making or his puck management can be better. And the team has mentioned that uh, publicly and also to him. And uh, I think the biggest thing for Morgan Frost will be adding strength this offseason, becoming more of a man, looking more like a man. And then he will be able to play Vigneault's style uh, much better in – consistent stretches. I think we saw Frost have that real loud start when he got called up 
you know, I think he had three points and two goals in two games. And then he went scoreless, I think, over like the next 16 or 17 games. He was really good in a stretch, but then he couldn't really sustain it. Um, he couldn't be noticeable game in and game out. I think we're going to see that more and more with more time, with more time of him getting stronger and just looking more like an NHL player. But, Brooke, I think we really know the importance of these young players to these vets. If you look at Sean Couturier, when he had his breakout year in 2017-18, when he finally eclipsed 40 points and became a Selkie finalist, that permitted Claude Drew to not have as much on his plate down the middle. It permitted Claude Drew to move to the wing. And also what happens, Claude Drew has a little less on his plate and he breaks out and has 100-plus points. I think the same can be said for some of these young players. If you have a Morgan Frost kind of blossom into an NHL center and all of a sudden he's making plays and making it easier on some of these older wings that the Flyers have, all of a sudden he could get the best out of one of those wings. Same with Nolan Patrick. If Nolan Patrick's able to come back and look like the 2017 second overall pick and take some more pressure off of some of these older players, but it will, the pressure will be there. The pressure will be there. Those, those guys coming together. And Brooke, you, same can be said. Would you agree that Nolan Patrick could be a difference maker, just like Morgan Frost, if he's able to come back because of what he can do down the middle? Oh, absolutely. There's, there's no denying the fact that the Flyers would be a better team with Patrick than they are without him. Um, just based off of physicality, based off of the player that he is, and he just adds so much depth down the center because he wouldn't have the responsibility of being a 2C. I just think that people need to really understand. I feel like I laugh a lot when I look at my um, notifications on Twitter when people are calling out a single player for the reason that the team has lost or the reason for their failure. And I just like these casual, you're, you're casual hockey fans. And I'm going to call you out because it's not a one person game. If that was the case, Connor McDavid would have five Stanley cups by now, right or wrong. I'm right. So it's just, it's being able to have a team aspect and a well-rounded functioning team. If you have a top player, of course, you want to have some of the best players in the league. That's a given. But have a well-rounded team. That's why you saw the Avalanche have so much success throughout the year and toward the Stanley Cup playoffs because they can roll out multiple lines that just fed off of the energy of the entire team. So, yes, Nolan Patrick would clearly add to that. Having Morgan Frost step up, that would be an insane advantage for the Flyers moving forward. So I want a well-rounded team. I think players that work well off of each other and have that kind of diversity across the roster is better than having one standout player. Because when you don't have the assets around one standout player, then you're just going to fall flat time and time again. So that's what I got to say about that. <laughs> I love it. And hey, let's look at 2017-18. Great example. Claude Drew has 102 points. They sneak into the playoffs on the very last day of the season. Uh, he needs, the guy needs to score a hat trick on the last day of the season. Single-handedly carried the team, yeah. Those, the Flyers' core pieces, a lot of them all had career years, career years. They were studs, and that team just snuck in. This year, 
everyone does a little bit less in the production department, but they're more balanced. They have more people chipping in. They're more of a complete team, top to bottom. And they're a top six club. They have one of their best regular seasons in the last 10 years. So the Flyers did not have a great sample size in the playoffs. Some of the vets didn't score as many goals in a, you know, a 16-game sample size if you cut out the round robin 13 games. I don't think we should fret and freak out about that. Um, understand, like you said, Brooke, spot on, nail on the head. The team is more balanced this year, and it's built on balance. It's going to be built on balance. A lean being used system is accentuated when you have everyone playing 200 feet, hard on the attack, forechecking like crazy, and that takes effort, and that takes balance. So I think it's good. The Flyers have balance. They're going to need more of these young players to step up, but by no means do I question the effort or ability of some of these vets. Claude Drew works really hard. He cares. Um, Elaine Vigneault called James Van Reems like probably their smartest player in terms of hockey IQ. He said that the guy is on the bench and he knows exactly what's happening. Real smart player, cares, he's committed. Jacob Voracek hates missing games. He does not miss games. He plays full seasons. These are guys that care, but uh, they're going to continue to need some help and they'll get better with age and with help. So we'll see what happens, Brooke. Flyers Talk is presented by Wells Fargo. When our communities need us, Wells Fargo is here to help. Let's stay on the topic of prospects. We like talking about prospects because, quite frankly, Philly has them, and there's, a, there's excitement about these kids. Brooke, Morgan Frost aside, who is a prospect that you're really excited to follow, and it does not have to be a guy that's going to play for the Flyers this season. It's organizational-based. Who is a prospect you're probably most excited to follow next season? Sure. So – Basically, since he's been drafted, I just have so much excitement for Cam York. And if for those who don't know, he was drafted uh, 2019 entry-level draft. He was a Flyers first-round pick. And there was a lot of, you know, uncertainty because people did want the Flyers to go after a sniper in the draft, and they went defensemen. But I personally like the pick because – York is such an intellectual player and he is so smart with this game. And you can just tell every time that he has possession of the puck and he's a good skater. He's not great yet, but when that's really one of the only faults in a player where, you know, he's consistently improving, there's just, there's no denying the kind of impact that he's going to have on the flyers when he does get here. Um, University of Michigan, it was his first year, and second on the team in points defenseman-wise, five goals, 11 assists, and you just, you see that there is so much potential there, and he's going to continue building off of it, and yeah, he's just, he's one of those players that you know is going to be successful, it's a matter of when. Not saying that he isn't now, but to make that transition from not being a pro to a professional athlete. So that's kind of where Morgan Frost is in that gray area as well. So what about you? Because I know that we do a lot of prospect talk all year. So I'm, I'm interested with yours. And no, I love your pick. Cam York has a really good one. And just the other day, Chuck Fletcher, general manager of the Flyers, when he was talking about defensive depth, um, at the NHL level, he even brought up Cam York and said, Cam York is, you know, we have Cam York down the road. He said, I think that tells me that 
they believe he could be in his last year of college, a sophomore at Michigan. And after that, if he has a, if things go, you know, go as planned and he looks like he takes the next step at college, Brooke, he could be turning pro, uh, not next season, but the next 20, 21, 22. And uh, that's exciting. First round pick, like you said, very exciting. Um, I'm going to go with another defenseman as well. Uh, a guy that's kind of similar to Cam York uh, in the sense of age and where he might be, but this is Igor Zamula. Uh, turned 20 years old in March, and it's the team from everyone that I've talked to is very, very high on his potential. So high on him that they brought him to Toronto. He was a part of the roster um, and even played uh, in the round robin. And uh, just long, lanky defenseman with offensive upside, offensive skill, long reach. Um, assistant coach Mike Yo, who oversees the defenseman, just raved about Zamola and where he was, how smart he is, how hard he works in practice, and just obviously the, um, the tangibles, the, all, all that is in there in that package. Uh, and a guy that's going to play uh, in Lehigh Valley next year and could be a quick riser. Um, he's been a quick riser so far. Uh, in his development, um, undrafted kid who has just come along really fast. And I think he could dictate how the Flyers look defensively in terms of their decision-making, what they do maybe this offseason at defense, um, and what they could do in the next few years in terms of looking to sign guys, not signing guys, maybe looking to trade and add in a, a different area because we know the team is deep on defense. Um, and Zamula is one of those kids that they are looking at to eventually come and join their picture. And, and give them more depth. And uh, I think he's a guy people should be excited about. Um, I think people should be following him come training camp um, because I don't know how long he'll be in Lehigh Valley. Uh, I think he's a kid that they'll be ready to call up. I think we saw that and trust him to come to Toronto and be a part of this and be around it. Uh, they trusted him to get into a game. I think that said a lot um, for where he is, uh, only 20 years old. And I think a guy to be excited about, Brooke Destra. Um, but yeah, like we said, prospects are here, um, and the team has a lot to be excited about. Uh, Brooke, any other things you're looking at in the offseason? We've talked about unrestricted free agents on the club. We talked about the RFAs. Um, any other things that kind of pop out of you for this offseason that you're kind of looking at um, as the offseason gets closer? October, obviously, we'll have the draft, and then after that follows free agency. Anything that kind of catches your eye? I don't really think it's something that, I mean, it's not something that can happen in the off season, but looking ahead toward training camp, sure, I can't get over the power play mm. and the abs absolute monstrosity that it was. Um, it's one of those things where if you sit back, do you kind of realize, okay, do we look back at, is this a coaching thing? Is this lack of momentum? Is this just five? Is this just pressure from the opposing team because it's the playoffs and they know that a power play goal or lack thereof could project the other team to success for the games? That's happened with the Islanders uh, multiple times. When Vigneault would challenge a goal, it would stay and they would go right onto the power play, and boom, the game immediately changed because of it. So, granted, there's too much talent on this team to not have a successful power play. So, is that a Michelle Tarian thing? Maybe. It yeah. could be. And 
I'm not one to point fingers. It's obviously a group effort. But again, there's too much talent on the top end of this roster to not be, you know, a top 10 performing power play unit. So that's my biggest thing. I know that that's not really an off-season move, but it's the thing that's still nagging me in my brain since they were knocked out. So I'm sure you would agree, but <laughs> but do you have – was there anything other uh, on your mind about the off-season? No, I would love to hit on that some more, Brooke. Sure. I think that is a huge off-season initiative is what went wrong with the power play and how can we make sure – that is, one, not happening again to start next season. And also, um, can we make it a strength? Uh, because, gosh, we know how important um, special teams are in the playoffs because five-on-five five is just so tight. It's so difficult to score five-on-five. Five. So when you get a power play, Brooke, we know you cannot go four-four. I think it was four-for-52 in the tournament, I believe. Uh, that just can't happen. I do wonder if Michelle Terrian was in his first year as assistant coach here with the Flyers. And he was in his first year, obviously, running the power play. And then you had some guys who had been staples on this power play. And it seemed like things worked at first, and they were really open to each other's ideas, obviously. I'm sure both parties are listening to each other. Michelle Terry is getting insight from what works for those guys. And those guys are getting insight from an experienced coach like Michelle Terry. But I wonder, once things kind of hit the wall a little bit, um, you wonder if they were not, not necessarily butting heads, but they just couldn't seem to get on the same page. Maybe Michelle Terrian was trying to do this, and these guys like Sean Couturier, Jacob Voracek, Claude Drew, staples for a long time on this power play. Maybe they would, have liked to do, they would have liked to have done something different, and maybe they just couldn't get on the same page. I think they need to figure that out. They need to get on the same page and see what works. And I think it also lends credence to that, they need some young kids stepping up. I think Joel Farabee is a young kid who can really score. And I think he's a guy that was seeing power play time when the Flyers had him uh, in the lineup and when they had him here. Uh, he was seeing power play time. He's a kid that I think could give that a lift. Uh, a goal scorer at all levels so far. And I think year two, a lot's going to be asked of him to say, hey, we need you to score some goals. We need you to be a special teams player and help this power play. It shouldn't just fall on all the vets. Um, but no, bro, could not agree more. That will be something I will be watching. And I think that's something that needs to be fixed throughout the offseason. And it needs to be harped on come training camp. Uh, whenever that is. Whenever that is, of course. Sooner uh, rather than later, I'm already missing hockey. I mean, I know that, you know, the Stanley Cup playoffs are going on and I still watch games basically every day. But yeah. hockey just hits different, you know? And I think we see that lightning power play and we see how crazy good it is. And you're just like, wow. Uh, that's what happens when you get a power play clicking uh, the way Tamba does. Right. You just, you just know what it could be. Mm -hmm. And when you see it at its worst, which I think has been more times than not, it's just, ugh. That you was the biggest hole. That was the biggest hole, right? Um, yeah, for sure. You saw the PK take massive strides, and it was very good in the postseason. It has the personnel. You see the defensemen, like their decor is very promising. Young, old. You have a 22-year-old goalie in Carter Hart who everyone knows about. It was that power play that just kind of fell flat. They couldn't score goals, and then the power play made it even more glaringly obvious that they were struggling to score goals. And if that's um, a little bit better – 
you wonder if they're still playing right now. Uh, so yeah, big offseason initiative is that power play. I felt but, like it was a joke almost um, running on social media saying, oh, the Flyers are going to the power play. Do they have <laughs> the opportunity to opt out of it or turn it down? <laughs> and it was funny. And it was like, okay, you have to laugh through that. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to get really pissed off or upset <laughs> and yep. frustrated. Exactly. Uh, oftentimes, that, is, that was the case because it was just – it was one time after the next and you were like, well, they have to finally start connecting eventually, right? And then that never happened. So a lot of missed opportunities and – if you look like you're at a disadvantage when you're on a power play, there's a problem. Yep. So, and they didn't I'm leave it at that. <laughs> yes, and they didn't even have they didn't even have the pressure sometimes of being in front of their sold out fans uh, when the entire building knows that power play has been struggling, and all of a sudden it's yelling "shoot" and it's yelling whatever you can think of fans yelling. Uh, it's just about everything in Philly. Um, I, I still wish Toronto was able to pump in the booze. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm sure that the guys, especially Jake Voracek, were really excited to not have to hear that or the shoot. Yeah. But those are staples in Philly. And sometimes that is what gets them going is the energy of the crowd. So I don't know, Toronto bubble, yes. you should have put the booze in. If we ever have to do a bubble again, we'll, we'll make that uh, recommendation to the folks who are putting it together because... Yeah, but number one, sending gritty. Yes, that too. That's important. That's <laughs> important. Going to the right Toronto. Um, yes. But anyway, gritty will be uh, not on the power play next year, but he will be very involved next season. And we will continue to talk next season, the off season. There will be plenty to discuss as things heat up. Uh, but Brooke Destra, thank you as always for coming on and joining me and I can't wait to talk to you next time. Yep, this is going to be one heck of an off-season because we have so much to look forward to. So I can't wait to be chatting with you twice a week about it. <laughs> awesome, Brooke. Thank you so much. A uh, special thank you to Ben Barry, our podcast producer. This is our latest Flyers Talk podcast brought to you by the Philadelphia Tri-State Cadillac Dealers. Flyers fans, wherever you get your podcasts, please rate and subscribe. And we cannot wait to talk to you next time.